Welcome to Just Relax, a podcast where we take that advice seriously. I'm Rachel. And I'm Heather. And we're just two millennials trying to chill out one experiment at a time. Just relax. Namas, hey, Rach. Oh, hey. I just had to like hide a burp straight into the mic. <laughs> I like just had the best meal. I love whole. I, this is not sponsored, by the way. I love whole. <laughs> like there are like they have hot meal stations, and you could just like get a box and fill it up. The wow, best is sick. the mac and cheese, and I put like green beans and like Brussels sprouts and. Um, these mashed potatoes made with beets all together. Dang. Really good. So I'm calm and happy. All is right in the world. We can end this show now. <laughs> and we have completed our mission. <laughs> this journey complete. Uh, but actually, what's stressing you out this week? Um, so I have been on a journey for the last like month-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, or not quite a month. It's actually only been, like, it literally hasn't been that long. It's been, like, two weeks, which is, like, upsetting. A journey. Two weeks. <laughs> a two-week journey <laughs> of going off of, um, like, a bunch of medications, including my, like, antidepressant, anti-anxieties. Mm-hmm. And let us say it has not been a smooth ride. It's been really, really hard. So... so- what I know about going off of de- antidepressants or anxiety medications is that uh, you're supposed to wean yourself off of them. I did. did. You- okay. I did. I and- did. It's just like, I think it's the fact it probably wouldn't be so hard if I wasn't also like dealing with like some other health issues um, and also going off of some other medications and there's just like a lot of like hormones and shit like trying to regulate themselves in my body right now like mm-hmm. i i tried really hard <laughs> to come up with like a like a safety net of like things to support me when i went off of them and i've been using them all and i just feel like they're failing me and it's just it's just a it's a hard time right now personally yeah so that is, I'm just like, like beyond a level of stress right now to like just mm-hmm. a constant level of anxiety, which is like no. not the most fun. No, um, it's not. But I have like really great people and like supports to help me like through it. It just, it's just shitty like feeling like this. Cause all mm-hmm. I can think is like a month ago, I didn't feel like this cause I was still on my meds. <laughs> and, but, you know, have you talked to a doctor to see if like. This is sort of a hump that people go through and then they feel better in like another month or like what does your trajectory look like? Basically like coming off of them can get really, really low before it gets good again because your body is going through that transition and mine is kind of like built upon with also going off of some other medications that have like adverse effects and also like dealing with some other like things in my life. So there's just like a lot of compounding issues right now. Um, so it's just like a, it's a stay strong kind of time. It's like, yes. use your supports. So yeah, it's just a lot of 
like leaning on certain friends, my partner, my family, my therapist, maintaining those like other things that I put in place. Like it sucks because it's like I worked so hard to create like a exercise regime and like get on like a healthy eating plan, which is also like part of trying to deal with some other health issues and like coming up with all these things and like having these apps and having these strategies and having these like I'm taking so many fucking supplements <laughs> like yeah I'm just like why isn't this working but then again like that's kind of the thing when you're doing it yourself like nothing unfortunately is going to work quite as well as like chemical alteration through medication so well I think that's something you know we we brought up before but it's very true that like we try all these techniques and we're really trying to like have this toolkit but in it for some people you know it's it's there's no shame in like that meds they they exist for a reason they they are prescribed for a reason they're made to just be that solution um not that it's a cure-all by any means but it's just a reality and like that's why you know a lot of people like turn to them and so can you talk a little bit about what your decision was for going off of your medications yeah so Ultimately, I went on them because I was trying to get through the end of my grad school and um, my anxiety and depression were just getting to the point where like I couldn't do anything. So it was it was supposed to be like a Band-Aid to get me through and to get me like to the point where I had the energy to like finish my assignments, get through the end of school, get a job and like feel comfortable again. And then like take the rest of the time to like build up those foundations so that I would have them when I was like, when I was weaning off of them. So I was on them for six months. It was always the plan to like not be on them long-term just because I mm-hmm. never wanted to be on them long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like going off of them happened to also go along with like me deciding to go off my, like a certain kind of birth control and which is like an incredibly hormonal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I've, like started dealing with like a lot of digestive issues. And so Mm -hmm. I'm on like other kinds of medication for that, but also like, like a nutritionist regime and like all of these things are just compounding. And then I guess technically what I'm ultimately stressed about is work. Woo. The ultimate millennial stress, your job or lack thereof. Um, Just because like my position is a casual position. So I don't have guaranteed hours and therefore I don't have like, a solid income that I can rely on. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like a fun game of roulette if I can pay my bills each month. (laughs) So it's one of those things where I'm like very, very gung-ho about being like hormonal medication free for six months to try to help get my body back to the point that I need it at, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, because there was a lot of like super awful side effects to both of those like hormonal medications that I was on. So yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I've been so... there. Been there. So, so something I was looking into this past weekend, because, you know, last episode I talked about this things, my anxiety that, like, and this anxiety as if it's not part of me. Like, right? this thing over here. Um, I don't want to own it. It's just, like, hangs out in the room sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I was – something that helps for me sometimes is just, like, finding the science behind it and, like, the, you know, the studies that are going on, and that kind of helps make it seem less, like – just um something that like I've done wrong but more of a fact of life and just a a, an effect of the my surroundings 
which is a much better way to think about it because it's the, it's true. Like it, you can't just like blame yourself for stuff like that. Um, yeah. So something I was doing was watching an episode of um, Explained, which is like a Netflix series. They have one on anxiety. Oh, that's and, on my list. Yes. So watch it because it, it helped me think about it in a new way because it's like, oh, it had this at one point it showed this graph and it showed the different techniques people used to deal with their anxiety, you know, on the graph was like um, meditation and like eating properly and regular exercise. So all of them were kind of falling midway between the graph, like zero versus like, yep, this is a a tried and true thing that works for everybody. And it's going to stop your anxiety or make you manage it so you can go on with your day. Everything kind of fell at various levels in between. I I will say meditating was higher than any other thing you know, higher than working out, higher than eating right, higher than all of that. But the highest by almost double was taking medications. Yeah. And it kind of just showed me like, dang, you can, you know, what I'm, I've been doing for years is just trying to do it on my own and trying to figure it out and take every little bit of self-help that I can to manage it. But at the end of the day, you can't like argue with that, you know? It's true. Um, but I constantly argue with it. So I definitely like understand why people take medication and like not that like and I also understand why you would want to reset and see if, you know, there's something else you can do. But um it's a really cool episode and it kinda helps just like make you think of it a new way and it might help with uh, when you're going through this this change. I mean, the point of that isn't uh, super helpful. I'm like, oh, it shows that medication's the best thing for you. And you're like, well, great. I'm trying to <laughs> stop medication. So <sighs> it's one of those things that I just want to, I honestly like think every day. I'm like, I just want to go back on it, which is like not to say that being on it is negative because obvi- like, it obviously worked for me. I just yeah. like also need, I think, to really try to do this on my own, I guess. So which techniques have you been leaning on? Um, I have been leaning on my therapist. So just like talking everything out with my therapist. Mm-hmm. And I've been leaning on meditation in a way. Mm-hmm. Because like I find that it really helps when I go for walks by myself. Mm-hmm. And just like think about things. Like I will leave in like the most anxious state and like come back feeling much better. Yeah. Just because, like, I don't know, like, if that's just giving me space to think or it's the movement of walking or it's, like, being outside in nature or, like, you know what I mean? Um, Or just, like, physically removing yourself from that space where you're having those thoughts. Like, it can just help, you know, just change your your mindset and change what you can think on and reflect on because you're taking in different, you know, your senses are doing different work. So maybe they're not as occupied with what you were worried about. Yeah. Like, at the same time, accepting my anxiety, but also knowing that it's not, like, my full identity. You know what I mean? Yes. yes, yes, yes. Um, That is what I find really hard because when I'm in the throes of an anxiety attack, my partner, who is incredible, reminds me, like, you are not your anxiety. Because, yeah, it's not. And I do feel, like, so foreign. I feel like it's this thing that's just, like, infesting. Is that the word? Infesting? Yeah. Yeah. My, like brain and my thoughts and I just like I always I don't know talk about it like I have this logical like well-adjusted confident like side of myself that's like Mm -hmm. who I what I regularly present and then it's just like I don't know what triggers like my anxiety or whatever it's just like 
all of a sudden, like, anything can set it off. And, like, one tiny comment turns into me freaking out about something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think of it, too, like, almost like the weather. You know, how it just comes and changes and goes. And, like, you'll just wake up and feel horrible one day. And it's, like, I'm almost coming to the realization in my adulthood of, like, almost like a this too shall pass kind of mindset because I'm like right yes I am having an anxious bout right now like this week has been hard but I've been through the other side and I've had a couple months where I haven't been super um like consumed by it I've had days that have been really good so even though I have this I know today might be tough it's like not it doesn't as you said it doesn't define me and it's not like my narrative like it's not I don't have to like give into it fully but give into it enough to accept it for what it is. So Rach, what's stressing you out this week? But you uh, guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I talked to you a little bit about this, but um, guest lists are really hard for weddings. <laughs> also, pitting down a date and a venue is the most, I really hope it's the most stressful part. Like I really hope because <laughs> I hope. I hope too. I don't know. I've never done it. Yeah, but you you've been to enough weddings. I feel like you're you oh, know. I've been to a lot of weddings. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're my expert on this. Uh, <laughs> you've been to way more than I have, so I need to like. I feel like when I run things by you know how I was ranting before. People keep giving me their opinions, blah blah blah, and like they say this and that. But it's like when I ask you something about the wedding, I genuinely want your opinion because I know <laughs> you have like the knowledge and you know where I'm coming from too. Like. You are someone who is, like, totally welcome to be like, no, you should do this. I think you should do this. I'll take it. Um, but I just find it stressful. I mean, it's it's not, like, super a terrible stress. It's one that I'm, like, very – I try and remember that, like, oh, you know, it's, it's going to be a nice thing. Things will work out. The day of, I'm not going to, like, be worrying about these little things because I'm really going to force myself to, like, be super chill. However, that might happen if it's, you know, CBD or whatever. I don't care. I'm going to be chill. Um, But uh, yeah, it's like, you know, all these great venues. I'm like, oh, awesome. Like, let me get a quote. Let me see if this is going to work. Let me imagine how beautiful it will be. I'll spend two whole days just thinking that's it. That's my venue. And then there's absolutely no dates except for ones that are like the dead heat of the summer or like two years from now. So it's it's like you can't just... You always think, oh, I want to get married in September and it'll be so beautiful and a nice breeze will drift on by. And it's like, no, everybody else wants to get married in September. You you can't unless you want to plan two two years in hand. So right. that's where I'm at. I'm hoping to lock down something so then I can go to the fun stuff, which in my mind is like picking flowers and like colors and like, you know, music, stuff like that. That's the fun stuff, right? That, <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm sure this, like, and it's so funny because, again, like you were saying um, before, you kind of, like, before we started recording, there's these expectations or whatever when people start planning weddings where it's, like, you have a season or a month or maybe even a particular date that you have in mind. And it's, like, you're, like, you don't get to choose. You're not allowed. You're not allowed. That's not how it works. Because right. everybody else has had the same vision as you. Like, you think you're being creative with, like, a late summer, early fall wedding, but you're not. You're not. Like, everybody wants that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, well. I mean, it, it'll... And I I truly believe, like, the thing is with me and my partner, like, there's something really magical about our relationship. Not only is it, like, great and 
you know, lots of love and, and a very, I'd say a very healthy relationship. There's uh, the sense of like things just kind of like work out for us. Like it's never been easy because we've done long distance for so long, but like there is a certain sense of like when we come together, like there is, it feels almost like ethereal and like otherworldly that like we are a good pair and like we're meant to be together. So I do have this like faith wherever it comes from that like the day of will be beautiful because of that. That's the thing. At the end of the day, on the day of, as long and like this is one of the number one pieces of advice I've gotten from a lot of brides is even though I'm not getting married. So why I'm getting advice from brides is beyond me. Um, I guess I just like to ask, right? It's just like, if there's anything you could do differently, whatever. Yeah, no, so, that's super useful information. Right? Like a lot, a lot, a lot of people tell me like have a point person. And I think I've already told you this. It's like have yes. a person the day of, even if you like can't afford a wedding planner or whatever, like have that one person who's like running the show so that you're not the person that people are asking the questions to. Because like, you just want to enjoy your day. You don't want people running up to you and being like, oh, the hors d'oeuvres got fucked up or um, this person's name isn't on the seating chart. Like, what do we do? And it's like, you as a bride literally don't want to deal with any of that on the day of. So yeah, have a point person. And it could be one of the bridesmaids. It could be yeah. just a relative, like mother of the bride, like whatever it is, like have that person. Yes, totally agree. I'm also like a big fan of having a day of like planner and coordinator. Cause it's like, just have that person know when the timing is and like, they can just make sure things line up. And also like thinking ahead, I'm trying to be very proactive about like, would this potentially become stressful the day of like seating arrangements to me, that is just a, an added stress that doesn't need to happen. Like I know why people do it, but in my mind, why do you need to have a seating plan? Like have just like space for people to sit. I know it's different because I don't want like a sit down, like multi-course meal. So I can get why people want that. But like, I would just stress so hard about like who's sitting at what table with who, you know? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. like, how will those conversations go? And we have these outliers who are our friends, but like they kind of awkward and like they don't always talk to anybody. And then who do we put with? And how will that mesh with the energy of the table? It's like, you know what? Everybody's in the same space. Sit where you want to sit. I could care less. Eat the food and drink as much as you possibly can because everything's paid for. And like, please get my money's worth. Like, right? <laughs> that's my attitude. It's like, please fill your boots. Like, sit where you need to sit. Move around. Change your seats. I don't care. <laughs> you're like this is not my problem this is not my problem if you don't know who to sit with that's on you <laughs> make some friends make some friends come on like <laughs> I, I can't even imagine who I would invite who doesn't at least know somebody so like you know there's, there's the family groups and the friend groups so like no one's gonna be just the one extra outlier like even yeah. my new friends in Denver like I'm inviting you know both of my closest friends here so like they have each other and they're, you know, significant others. So like, right. no one's just going to be sitting in the corner. And if they are, then they can join. Like they can just sit, you know, like it's not like you can't join any of this, of the, of the celebration. So yeah, absolutely. So even though I'm stressed about it, I, I foresee like in the future, like once I have the date locked down in the venue, then it will just be like, <laughs> watch me like eat my words, like in a couple of weeks, being like, I thought that was the most stressful, but this is the most stressful. But now this is the most stressful. Oh God. I hope it's not just like months and months of just 
cycling through the different stresses of wedding planning. So yeah, right. Here's hoping. You're hoping, but you're all along for the ride. So hope you wanted to know about how stressful planning a wedding was. <laughs> Literally, this is just going to be the every episode for the next year, and I'm so so into it. <laughs> There's a lot. There's multifaceted stresses when it comes to wedding planning. There so, so is. Um, What do you do to mitigate that stress? I think, like, part of it is the fact that, like, um, my fiancé is in a different country for work right now. So it's, like, hard because I'll be waiting for a response to something. Uh, It'll be, like, 12 hours later because, like, he's a full, I think, 12 hours ahead of me. Right. So... You know, if it's like right now, you know, it's like seven in the evening, it's like just 7 a.m. there. So if I sent him something in the past five hours think about the wedding, it's like I'm not going to hear back for, you know, 12 hours. So um, it just makes everything kind of like slower going. True. Uh, so I like have been arranging calls to talk about specific things with him. And I have like PowerPoint presentations oh ready gosh. to go. Great job. Um, Honestly, I'm efficient. So I had one for like venues. I was like, here's our options. Here's the cost. Here's the pros. Here's the cons. Here's the pictures of it. Here's the Airbnbs nearby that we can book. Here's like all the logistics. So it's how I deal with it is by being extremely proactive. Yeah. And getting the answers quickly. And yeah, another way I've been dealing with it is through the challenge for this month, which is using our creativity. So I have been drawing. Uh, I've been participating in Drawloween and I've been sketching. And as I mentioned before, like I am not Googling for inspiration. I am just using my own mind and whatever comes out, comes out. Some of it is trash. Some of it I'm like, oh, cool. My mind like came up with something kind of interesting here. <laughs> um, so I've been really into it. Like, you know, the other day the the prompt was tarot or tarot, however you want to pronounce it. Tarot oh, yeah, cards. tarot. You know, I have a deck of tarot cards that I left at my parents' house, but uh, like I've we used to be really drawn to them and thought they were so interesting. So then instead of Googling, like, you know, I thought temperance, like that's a card I've always like really been drawn to or whatever to, to, to do my own version of that. I thought of like three additional cards I would create that would like, you know, if I were to draw three cards for myself right now that might not exist, what would they be? So I find that a really cool exercise because then I get to surprise myself and be like, Oh, this is how I'm thinking about this right now. Like, so I find that is very therapeutic for me. Yeah. So what about you? Have you been playing ukulele, strumming some songs over there? I have. I have. I only because we ran out of printer ink, I haven't been able to like print out any songs yet, which is like really the goal is to start creating like a anthology of like the songs that I can keep going back to and playing without having to like have a device near me. Like I literally just want my like music stand set up with all my music on it so I can just like sit down and play whenever I just haven't had that opportunity to set up that space yet so right now what I'm doing usually when I'm already like in bed at night and I'm just like chilling um I like take my like one of my ukes off the wall and like pull up a song or just like strum any of the chords that I already know just to like hear it just to hum like I'm not doing anything super structured right now I'm just like And (laughs) of course, right as we put like this plan into action, I got my nails done and having long nails is not conducive to playing (laughs) a string instrument. So I'm like struggling a little bit. And it was a really busy weekend with like, you know, Thanksgiving and I had a friend down and like all this stuff. So there's a lot 
going on, but I'm really trying to make time. So it when you feel good. Yeah. Like I was just going to ask, how does it feel when you do it? Like afterwards, like, what do you feel like? I was going to say, do you get that like muscle memory for drawing where it's like, you remember like your techniques or you remember like how, I don't know. Like that's what I'm getting. It's like, my fingers naturally like find the chords again and then I'm like practicing my different my different strumming patterns or like I'm picking and like picking sounds pretty no matter what the fuck you're playing so mm-hmm. it's so nice um it's a great for confidence too I just find like it's like yeah you know it just reminds you of this thing that you can do and like it brings me a huge sense of accomplishment even if it's like a, a shitty little doodle like it's, it's really interesting <laughs> Yeah, it is nice to just, like, hear, like, the music that I'm playing and just, I don't know, chilling with it, sitting with it. It feels mm-hmm. good. Well, one thing that I noticed, this only started about two days ago, but usually it's the evening when I sit down and start drawing. So, um, so basically in my creative, like, background, I was really into art, the visual arts, like, drawing and, and different forms of art, like, line of cuts or... Um, watercolors whatever and then I I turned to writing and then poetry and like stories was was my outlet of choice and my like creative expression um so now when I'm drawing like the past two nights I've started doodling and then it ends up becoming like a poetic like stream of consciousness cool Um, so it's like whatever I'm letting happen in my subconscious is like really taking a hold and like I've been writing poetry which I haven't for a while. And it's been a part of me that I really miss because that's something I felt like really therapeutic for me and like effective. So lately it's been like, oh, these things aren't separated. Like there's something that's connected between these two. And I want to explore that further. All right, so let's talk about death. (laughs) And death. Man, uh, it's such a downer. (laughs) It really is. And it's so funny though. Um, because I've gotten some like nice feedback about this episode. I've gotten like a lot of appreciation messages just being like, thanks for like talking about that. Like, it's just interesting to hear different like takes on it, I guess, like different ways that we, cause again, people don't spend a ton of time thinking about this stuff. So it's kind of nice mm-hmm. when people do. Yeah. We talked about death a lot last week. Yeah. And um, our own mortality, facing the fact that, like, we are but mortals and our time will come and go. Well, it's come because we're alive now. Yep. Um, unless you're a ghost listening to this, which I'm totally open to. Like, that's Welcome. Chill. Welcome. Thank you for stopping by. Um, and our time will go. And then there will be the end of us. And we have to accept that at some point in our lives. A lot of people don't really... I've, I, here's something I noticed, though. A lot of people don't really think about it until they're probably, like, in their 40s or 50s. And then they don't really find peace f- with it until they're in their, like, 60s and 70s. Like, I find a lot of older people I've encountered, like, are really okay with dying. Maybe that's just my own experience. But, like, I don't see a lot of older people with this sort of anxiety about it. Like, they almost, like, have a better understanding or they're just like, yeah, well, it is what it is, you know? Right. Or they're really invested into their faith, so they're they're not bothered by it. True. So um, it's something we go through the phases with and, like, have to think about it at some point or another. You're going to – we're going to all think about it at some point because, like, at some point we're going to know of somebody who died, which is going to make us think about death. 
Or we're going to get a diagnosis or something. That happens too. Well, I mean, it's a reality, right? Like, true. And it happens. And maybe it's not like a diagnosis that's like, you have two months to live, but it could be just a reminder that like your body's deteriorating or not what it once was or something. Um, and then you're still dealing with the same thoughts of like, you know, oh yeah, this is a machine. Like this is my human biological form, but like it, it has faults and it will decay. <laughs> true. So true. I'm going to kick it off here. Yeah. I have, um, a response from someone cause we reached out and said, let us know how you deal with your own thoughts towards your own mortality, how you cope, etc. I got a response, uh, anonymous submission. It says, the only thing I really stress about is that I'm worried I won't accomplish a lot before I die, which is interesting because that wasn't something we touched on before. But thinking about me dying doesn't really bother me since it won't really affect me personally. It will affect my loved ones instead. Maybe my brain blocks all this thoughts all these thoughts about mortality because I haven't really put a lot of thought in, into it before. Um, and that was the end of that submission. But I think the, the interesting part about that, you know, is especially just, Oh my gosh, I have to accomplish all this stuff and put something to my name. Like that is such a real reason why people get so freaked out about their own death. Cause they're like, well, did I do that thing? That's really important to me. And True. I totally have felt this before. Like I thought I'd be a great writer by like 21 years old. LOL. Um, <laughs> And I realized, like, I was writing stuff that just wasn't, like, I, I hadn't learned enough to, like, write the, what I wanted to write. And things can take their time. But I put so much pressure on myself being like, I need something to be left behind. Like, my legacy. Like, my name. Like, what? And, like, what the fuck? Does it matter? Like, mm. I'm so over that thought because it's like, what am I going to do? Stress over having my name remain? Like, the world might not live on, like, a thousand more years so like what does it matter if my name is somewhere like all the greats in history and all the past literary geniuses like yes we still know their name but does that benefit them no i don't think so unless you get kudos in the spirit world for being a notable figure in on earth do you have any thoughts about that do you feel any like pressure to accomplish i don't no that's good i, I was gonna say i can't relate to this at all no but yeah. um i Granted, okay, I guess a different twist on that is not that I'm not going to accomplish things, but I used to be very nervous that I would die before having certain experiences, Mm, that I would die without knowing what it was like to do one thing or another, and that freaked me out because, I don't know, FOMO? Like, you know what I mean? Just like... (laughs) like normal reasons for being like upset about missing out on stuff and you just want the opportunity to like live a full healthy life and so the like scary thing about death is like because there's death on like so many different levels it's like death if you I don't want to say do it the right way but it's like (laughs) death if you die at the time where a lot of people expect you to die which is um when you're older Yeah. yeah Um, and so thinking about, I guess, oh, and there was that time, oh my gosh, this just popped into my head. Um, the song, If I Die Young by the band Perry came out, oh, oh God, right. when I was in high school, high school. That was an existential crisis for so many teen girls, gotta say. Right? If literally listen to this, like, listen to the lyrics, right? And like, it's just talking about how, like, she missed out on all of these, ex- like, experiences because she died so young and um basically just like you know pray for my soul and it's it's such a sad sad thing to think about because you're like they never even and how many people say that 
at a young person's funeral or like talking about a young person's death. It's like they never even got the chance to blah, 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 reach their full potential, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's, I guess, nerve wracking and like scary on that level Mm -hmm. to like deal with your own mortality. Yeah, but it's like, I feel like that just comes with our expectations of like, what is a good life? You know, like what for you marks the significant things and experiences that you need to have? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that too, like never knowing what it feels like to like have motherhood or whatever. But like, I don't let that bother me because it's like, think of the experiences you have had, like even as simple as like, you know, eating whole foods, mac and cheese, like, come on, you know, like, it doesn't need to be this grand thing where you're like, but I never fell in love. And it's like, well, you never had that like shitty heartbreak either. So like, you take some, you lose some, you'll be, you know, you, you just, you had the life you had, like, yeah. But then again, as anxious people, like, it's easier to say that and not actually, like, freak out about it, so. A hundred percent. What else you got? So another response was, it's all religion, baby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which I like. You know, that's how people cope. And For I sure. respect it. I respect it. It's a great way to take that pressure off your shoulders if you know who you're you know, your your maker is and that there's this place for you to go and like, or not, or maybe your faith says something different. But having the faith in that, I think is so like beautiful to think about and so nice. Um, I like constantly think of like thoughts of like, oh, I really would like to be a part of an organized religion. But then I, you know, I never actually do it. And I'm like, meh, I'm fine. But you know, <laughs> There's, there's definitely a case for it, and this is one of the benefits, I think. <laughs> Meh, I'm fine. Meh. Like, I'm open to it, but I'm not going to, like, go searching. I'll, True. I, like, it, it obviously isn't that much of a, a hole in my life. Like, I have I have faith in other things, but, but not. I have, oh, I was going to start singing oh. the wrong song. <laughs> what? You said, I have faith in other things, and it reminded me of the song from uh sound of music where she sings i have confidence so i was gonna be like i have wait that's the wrong word that's not enough syllable <laughs> basically faith it is yeah um, faith in well when we were back at the praying episode you know you talked about your religion so is that a way that you alleviate your own thoughts about your mortality is by thinking about your religion um Actually, no, even though I do consider myself fairly religious and I do like to um, like put a lot of eggs in the faith basket, if you will. (laughs) I it's it's frustrating because like I was raised like we were raised pretty Christian and like have very specific beliefs that were, you know, like impressed upon us. And then I went on to study history, including the history of religions And so that completely changed my perspective on a lot of things in terms of like why and how the Bible was created or like why and how religions came to exist in general. And Mm. like, I don't want to like get into it all because whatever, but the thing that I, I it's crazy to say, but it's like the thing I decided on in terms of what I believe will happen after death, because that's all we can do. Nobody knows for sure right? It's just like, you can just decide to believe in one thing or another, uh, is that I think that once you die, you stop existing entirely. Like, I don't think there's any form of consciousness that moves on. So it's very comforting to me, like, and this, yeah, this thought is super comforting to know that, like, when I die, 
Everything will cease. All memories. See, that stresses me out the most over anything. Why? Because, like, what the fuck is the point then? <laughs> like, that drives me absolutely nuts. And I know people find peace in that. But I have to be honest, is that, of all things, like, that stresses me out the most about death. That is what comforts me the most about death, is that ultimately... If I die and I cease to exist and all memories and experiences and pain and everything just like ends, that's sweet. I'm okay with that. I guess it's like the closing of a book and it's like, it is what it is, but I don't know. It's not enough for me. Like I want to be this ethereal, like angelic, spiritual, some sort of being that transcends mortality and gets to live on in some other realm or this realm as a ghosty, like. I totally am so egotistical that I want my being to continue on. Right. And, and it's so funny. That's what I want. Like, that's, that's why That's why it scares me is because I, I want my ego to, like, carry on. <laughs> Which is fair. And that's the thing. It's, like, because I'm so comforted at the fact of, like, nothingness, the idea of continuing on, it's not necessarily, like, stressful. It's just kind of, like, exhausting to me. <laughs> Like I've already done oh nearly a hundred years of existence. Like I don't want to keep doing it. Like I did my time. I impacted and influenced the things I needed to. Now let me rest. You know what I mean? Fair. Fair. But I also like the idea of reincarnation. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that doesn't freak me out at all. Yeah. It's just the nothingness. But like how would we even know though? And like you wouldn't even like there's that's so, so, sort of an empty thing to be fearful of anyway because it's like you know when I've said to people before like that freaks me out to like think that there's nothing but it's like but you won't be freaking out at the time like yeah there won't be anything for you like you won't be so like y- yeah you're wasting your time now freaking out about that I'm like exactly. uh, it's weird right it's weird it's so do weird. you ha- do you have any uh submissions or I do so. I will just flat out say that my submission is for my father. Um, So I showed up at Thanksgiving and he was like, I have a thing to tell you. (laughs) He's like, I listened to your podcast this morning. (laughs) I was like, thanks, Dad. He's like, let me tell you about the first time I thought about my own mortality. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So, and then we were having this talk after, after dinner and a lot of people had gone home. So my dad was born in 1959 Mm-hmm. and um, a lot of his earliest memories start around, like, the age of six. Um, so that's mid-60s, which is the throes of the um, Cold War and nuclear weaponization. Yeah. And so a lot of his first memories are about nuclear war. And oh, my gosh. Of, <laughs> like, that's what was, like, on the radio. Yeah. That's And he remembers, he's like, it's the same way that people talk about like tiny homes these days or whatever. It's like you, you know, can watch a TV or like a special on it. And like people, you watch shows about people building their tiny homes and like all these different ways you can build tiny homes. And it's the fad right now to have a tiny home. He's like, that's what it was, but for bomb shelters. Oh, and he just remembers like flipping through magazines and being like the, the bomb shelter 500 with like, oh. you know, two inch like iron walls, like, like, like silly things like that, that are just being, cause I asked him, I was like, did you, do you remember doing any of the, any of the like duck and cover 
um, activities or drills in school. And he said, no, like he doesn't really remember that. He just remembers that like it was so and he said there wasn't really like a fear around it. It was just so common knowledge. Wow. And so commonly like talked about or whatever that it's just like, you know, you just heard about people like getting this kind of bomb shelter, doing it this way or how to, you know, stock these canned goods and like whatever and it just makes you think like that you literally are on the precipice of death at any moment because like at any moment a nuke could hit you like what like that's insane and it's crazy because side note i'm watching the hbo show chernobyl right now highly recommend that would stress me out too so good but it's so so insane it just like puts you in this mindset of like oh damn that was real that would be yeah literally it's so scary it's so scary um so did he did he say any ways that like he got over that or no because i guess he was so young it was probably just you know as you grow up and then when the cold war ends and nuclear weapons are banned and like blah 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 so you just or after like wow he must have been i'm trying to remember when bay of pigs happened i think it was in 61 or two but what's that um the um, situation where Russia was going to bomb a um, outpost of Cuba with nuclear weapons. Oh. Um, and John F. Kennedy was highly ridiculed for fucking it up. Um, but yeah, there was about to be like literally everybody's freaking out because if they sent those nuclear weapons, they would be like going across North America to Cuba. So, but they, there was like some, if I can remember, there was maybe some like enemy warships that were spotted in the water around like bay of pigs which is the bay of cuba that had the like nuclear outpost and like blah 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 so they were just gonna like bomb everything um super fun so it was like it's all like happening at that i don't think as far as i know like i don't think any nukes were actually set off like i think everything ended up being dealt with i'm pretty sure no nuclear bombs were set off i'm pretty sure we would know if that happened in history yeah I'm, like, we all know the names of the places that, like, had nuclear warfare, so, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and Cuba's not one of them. So, um, yeah, I guess you just kind of, like, grow up, and it's so normal that you don't really freak out about it. It's just, like, a fact. And you know what? I do think the equivalent to today is climate change. Yeah. Because, like, you know, for my last job, a lot of the role was going into schools and giving presentations on environmental topics. And the kids were always so, so in tuned, but they're ready to like solve. They're ready to get their boots on and like their hazmat suits and like make shit happen so that we don't have to watch the world, you know, become a wasteland because of our choices as human beings. So I definitely think that fear is here. And like, it's it's another generation that's grown with a certain fear. And then we'll have to watch and see how like they influence it and how things will change and how political leaders will deal with it. But it is so ingrained because think of how many books and magazines we open now or how many commercials are related to like save the planet, which blows my mind because like we always see that as like a tagline to like an environmental product, like save the planet. It's like we're at that level where you're saying save the planet, like save it, which is wild to me because like I do think we do need to do some work to save. Um, But what bothers me deeply about that is like a fashion line will say like, ooh, save the planet by buying this clothes because we sourced the cotton from this place and we didn't use as much water and it's like you're still the fashion industry you still contribute to like the second second largest largest contributor polluter yeah um 
on the planet. So it's like, don't just say save the planet. Like that should be a, a an actionable statement of like, rally, get together. What do we do? We're ready to take action. We're not buying some ridiculous product that is marketed to be environmentally conscious. Exactly. Rant over. I know I went on a bit of a tangent, but like it's it's comparable. It's comparable. Some, somewhere in there is a comparable tidbit to the Cold War. <laughs> yes. We're in the hot war now. <laughs> I have one more. Okay. So I got a response um, that says the way that this person deals with it is with a bit of cognitive dissonance due to being uh-huh. young. Overall, they just accept it as a fact of life that they'll die. If they could avoid dying, they would, but you can't really. So shrug emoji. <laughs> um, so shrug emoji. That's maybe a good way to think about this now. If you could live forever, would you? Mm, depends on the quality of life. Fair. Have you seen the episode of Black Mirror called San Junipero? Yep. Love it. So obsessed. Yep, yep. So obsessed. Favorite, favorite, it was favorite. the only episode that was nominated for any awards. I'm pretty sure it won as well. And it was so it's beautiful. Art. It's so beautiful. Recommend it. Highly, recommend. highly recommend. Everybody, Wait. do your research on death this month and watch San Junipero. So in, I'll just give a quick synopsis without giving anything away, but it's essentially as we age in this like futuristic alternative reality which is what black mirror deals with is just like taking an idea and like you know running with it um usually really it needs this technology but anyway so the idea is that like as we age you can plug yourself your consciousness into this kind of other world which is like a virtual reality a virtual reality yeah um and you can explore it before you die too or like if you're you know really sick or whatever you can sign up and live in this world it's called san junipero and it's like this location that's kind of like you know 80s themed and like california like and like Mm. um i don't remember if you can see different if you can plug into different forms of it i think this show just like deals with one set that's the virtual reality but you plug into it and that's where your consciousness is uploaded and you get to live your life there like the rest of your existence which could be a thousand years 10 years wherever you want because you can like exit and then you're you cease to exist. Yep. So if something like that were to exist, by the time we get to the point where we're elderly and like considering what's next for us, would you plug in to a virtual reality? Heck, heckity heckerson, yes. Yeah, I would 100% do that. Only if it's actually San Junipero though, because like, no, no, that's fair. Um, That episode is so good. Um, I think that's a really, really cool idea because I think it gets away from the whole like, well, would you want to live forever? You're going to be old and frail. You're going to be disease riddled and, or you're going to be a brain in a jar, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's like all those weird versions that were conceived of so far. Um, But now there's this new version of like consciousness transference and like the option of virtual reality. Um, I also recently at work watched the movie um, Ready Player One. Oh, which is all about virtual reality. It only came out last year. It's extremely interesting. And basically it's set in the in the year, God, it's not even like that far away. I want to say it's like 2045. And the world has gone to actual shit because of climate change. And um, in the years like 2024, I think a like really intense virtual reality video game came out called The Oasis. And it's to the point where 
people spend like their lives in virtual reality because actual reality is so shit. And it's so interesting that virtual reality is becoming like such a big thing. Um, and I do think that that might be an actual like option maybe for when we do get older and like start combating death or even going back to that first worry of like not accomplishing certain things. Maybe you can virtually go in and like have these experiences that you didn't get to have. And if you can change your experience to be like younger, you know what I mean? Like you're still of your conscious mind, but you're showing up in virtual reality in a younger body or in a different place or, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's some very interesting possibilities out there. Yeah. I would want to get plugged into like this sort of, you know, afterlife virtual reality yep. type of setting, you know, just because it's, it's kind of like an easy middle ground because it's like, you can leave, you can leave. And like, then you can do your cease to exist sort of thing or whatever perhaps would be after. And you still get to have those experiences. Like that would be so fascinating. Cause for me, it's not that I want to necessarily like, leave something with my name on it and have this like legacy or whatever for me it is about like experiences I don't know we talked about it and I'm like yeah whatever but like not even experiences as in like having kids or like falling in love or like having this job or whatever for me it's more about like like um skills I think you know like I want to know what it feels like to play the piano well but I have never learned to do that true Um, so it's like I would love to go to this afterlife to like do all these other things and like become a musician and like then become a singer and then become like a accountant a scientist whatever like try all these different things that I never did to see like what could have happened but it's almost like that probably has a tone which I mean is explored in San Junipero but it probably has a tone of like and then what you know and yeah. it's like, so what? So what? Like, th- it kind of toys with that idea of, like, the reason why we love our life and, like, we go hard and we strive and work hard is because it's limited. Like, we have a set time frame for things. So that motivates us to go for it. True. Um, if we didn't, then what we would what would we do with our time? I guess this I, is one I, of those things where the topic it's kind of talking about like the expansiveness of space. Like it gets so overwhelming to think of the endless possibilities that you're like, I can't. Like I can't do this anymore. It's like just too big and beyond us, and we might not even be able to comprehend it. Or it's so simple, or it's literally just it is what it is. You become topsoil, and that's fine. I'm okay I mean, it's that. not fine with me. I'm not okay with that, but it's fine because it's like, well, it is what it is. Like, what am well, I? Well, it is what it is. What am I to do? Ho- hopefully, I mean, it'd be really cool to like live to an age where we can start to make those choices of like, is there an alternative? Like, can I upload my consciousness, or is there another way, or do we actually know what's happening after? Well, what will we learn in this lifetime? I think that's that's the cool thing to think about. That's very cool. Welcome to our world. <laughs> our virtual reality. Plug yes! in. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, namaste bays and tranquil lights. Go out there. Consider death. Consider your feelings about it. And be talk about it more. Be more positive about it. Yeah. And get your creative juices flowing. Yeah. Try to do something that gets you in a creative mindset, whatever that might be. But if you are going on a creative journey, we'd love to see... What you got to share, and you can always reach us at Just Relax Pod on social media or email us at justrelaxpod at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. Have a namaste, namaste bays. And have a tranquil night, tranquilites. Bye. Bye.